0: A writer's podcast lab production. Written and voiced by Randy Sanders. Produced by Purple Crow Productions. Elk Boy, it's alive. In our last episode, while out making gun deliveries, Fergus Victor spots Delmont Floyd hitchhiking. He picks him up and agrees to take him to work, once completing his first delivery. While deep in the woods searching for the address to a customer, Fergus comes into contact with the elk boy and is convinced it's Satan, frightened He leaves Delmont behind and calls 911 to report the sighting to the sheriff's department. And now, Episode 3, Elk Boy, It's Alive. It's 5.45 a.m. on Wednesday morning. Clear the steam off the windshield of my patrol car from my coffee cup. I'm headed into town to the sheriff's office. Coming down off the hill is a thick stand of old Doug furs. This is the entrance to Dog Park. An enormous billboard advertising Fergus gun and chainsaw also greets visitors. The billboard is many times larger than the dog park sign itself. A group of angry citizens disliked having a billboard at all, especially one so large. Fergus quickly announced he would permanently purchase the billboard space and donate an additional $15,000 to the local dog rescue shelter, plus another 15000 to the local youth hunt club. That put the issue to rest. The billboard is now a popular spot for state troopers, city police, and my county deputies. Police vehicles commonly line up side-by-side, with windows down, patrol officers catch up with each other's families, talk sports, suggest local restaurant specials, or just gossip. All with a watchful eye on their radar guns. Even though everyone in the community is aware of this, they still complain the billboard is a speed trap dog park is extremely popular with dog owners, but it has a dark history. A dozen years ago, a real estate developer named Zane Gant bought the wooded acreage for a development. His plan to log the property, fill the natural pond with concrete, and build a massive apartment complex made local residents furious. State and federal environmental regulators blocked those plans. Gant hired a slew of lawyers and appealed. His efforts failed. Without the ability to build his apartment complex, the property was useless to him. The court battles played out weekly in the Chinook County Chronicle, as if it were a sporting event. Already regarded as an evil, greedy bastard, the litigation made him even more disliked. No server at any restaurant in town would take his order. No bartender at any pub would pour his drink. In an attempt to repair his image, his lawyer suggested he donate the land back to the community as a dog park. Folks quickly saw this for exactly what it was, a stunt to save money on his taxes and soften his image. It is commonly known that Gant hates dogs. Once the county commission approved the donation and Gant installed a massive billboard with his name on it, the planning commission rejected it. They did, however, approve a much smaller version reading Zane Gant Dog Park, and the large billboard became the Fergus Gun and Chainsaw ad five years later. Within 24 hours of the smaller sign being installed, it was vandalized. An unknown vandal with white paint covered just Gant's name. Now the smaller sign simply read, Dog Park. Furious, he demanded the county sign department drop everything and restore the sign to its original design, immediately. The department informed Gant it was too busy making street signs at the time, and he would have to wait until the workload lightened. This only infuriated him more. Gant showed up to nearly every public meeting, yelling and screaming. This only damaged his image further. Today, more than a decade later, the sign still reads, simply, Dog Park. Three days after Chinook County Chronicle splashed photos of Gant on their front page cutting a ribbon for Dog Park, he died of a heart attack on his front lawn. It happened in the early morning hours before sunrise. As he bent over to pick up the paper, he fell clutching his chest. Buddy, a German Shepherd certified service dog who lives next door to Gantt, is assumed to be the last to see Gantt alive. Buddy belonged to Gantt's next door neighbor, Robert Williams. A decorated Navy SEAL, Williams was injured while carrying out a top-secret mission in Afghanistan. But as a puppy, Buddy must have remembered a horrific event with Gantt. You see, when the 12-week-old puppy strayed a few feet onto Gant's lawn, the old bastard picked up a sizable rock and threw it, striking the puppy on his hip and knocking him down. Little Buddy winced, scrambled to his feet, and limped back to his doggy door. On the very morning Gant died, the fully grown 120-pound German shepherd watched as the nasty old man fell. Buddy wandered over and sniffed Gant's lifeless body in the pre-dawn hours as it lay twisted on the dew-moistened lawn. In his cold, liver-spotted hand, Gant clenched a copy of the Chinook County Chronicle. The photo of him cutting the ribbon on the front page was folded over, as if he had prepared to show it off. Buddy couldn't resist the last opportunity to trespass on Gant's lawn, perhaps only to leave a farewell present. You see, as Buddy retreated through his doggy door in Williams' warm home that morning, he left behind a two-and-a-half-pound dog pile on Gant's lifeless forehead. Pungent steam rose slowly off the pile and lingered in the frosty morning air. I ease my patrol car behind the billboard. Rookie patrol officer Rex Ullman is seated behind the wheel of a Yankton City patrol car. I remember this kid just three years ago playing on the state championship varsity football team at Bob Packwood High School. He was a big, happy, toe-headed kid with a crew cut and a toothy grin. Rex rolls down his window and smiles as our patrol cars line up behind the billboard. Judging from the double chin and beer gut, this kid has obviously put on several pounds since his glory football days. Good morning, Sheriff. Good morning, Officer Olman. Why, I haven't seen you since your senior year. Wow, way back when I was a kid. Man, that was years ago. Hey, Sheriff. How's that elk boy crime spree going? Any more sightings? Abductions? The snarky sarcasm is something I have not seen before. Maybe the uniform, the badge, and the service weapon turned an innocent farm kid into a cocky small-town cop. Abduction? (laughs) Come on, Rex, hardly. Well, the, the retard kid is missing. Rex, I don't like that word. It's offensive and hurtful. Delmont simply stutters. He has a speech impediment. There's nothing wrong with him mentally. Maybe he's even smarter than you. Oh, Sure, sorry, Sheriff. Rex apologizes, looking confused. But but Fergus did see Satan. And I saw the Green Hornet. Come on, you believe this stuff? Uh, Anyway, mark me down for the Elk Boy Posse. I'll hunt down that creature. Got me a brand new Browning AB3 Composite Stalker hunting rifle. It's an expensive gun on a rookie patrol officer's salary. Nah, I got me a Fergus Freedom Camouflage credit card. The gold version. Gold version? What's that all about? Five grand worth of credit, Sheriff, he announces proudly. Then I get another 10% off just because I have a hero sticker on the back. A hero sticker? I try to suppress a laugh. Yep. Fergus puts a sticker on the back of your card if you're a police officer, sheriff's deputy, coast guard patrol, any armed service member, especially FBI and ATF, gets you 10% off anything in the store. Yeah, I'll remember that. Look on the back of your card, Sheriff. Uh, why? I don't have one, Rex.
1: Seriously?
0: He looks at me shocked. Yeah, pretty seriously. You best look into that. You can put all your guns and ammo on credit. No thanks. I have enough guns. I have all the guns I need, Rex. See this service weapon? I've had it going on 15 years. Works fine. He looks at me like I'm some crazy old man. If a dangerous situation arises, well, then, we have an arsenal of tactical rifles at the sheriff's office. Why do I need any more? You know, Sheriff, I own three service weapons. He brags, looking to impress me. I have a Glock 17, 19, a Smith & Wesson. Rex, I have zero interest in talking about guns. Excuse me, Sheriff, he says in disbelief. I doubt Rex ever heard that from a guy around these parts, especially a fellow cop. It's a tool, Rex. It's no different than a carpenter's hammer, a plumber's wrench, a house painter's brush. You know, my father taught me a gun is just a tool to be used when it's needed. Otherwise, you keep it holstered or in a safe place. If you ask me, there's way too many idiots showing up at these public gatherings carrying guns, especially automatic weapons. As far as I'm concerned, you want to carry an AR 15, join the Marines. A powerful gun does not compensate for a tiny peepee. <laughs> tiny peepee! I like that, Sheriff! My point soars right over Rex's head. Anyway, Sheriff, I have to ask if I run into the elk boy, Is it legal to shoot him? You know, seeing that it has a boy's face and all? I'm not a lawyer, Rex. I'm a sheriff. Damn, you country boys get all the fun. We get the boring shit, like running down tweakers. As I stare back with a straight face, Rex... Yankton is a tiny ass town of about 5,000 people located in a rural county. You're not a Portland or Seattle cop. You and I are both rural public safety officers. Besides, if you're so bored, perhaps you should be out there on the road. I say pointing to Highway 130. We have plenty of speeders and traffic violators You can be listening for calls backing up other officers. Who the hell is training you? Training me? He looks offended. Hell, I'm all trained up. Chief says I'm on the fast track to make sergeant. Rex, rookies get promoted by working their asses off. Not by sitting behind a billboard at six in the morning. Either trying to impress the county sheriff or humiliate me catch my drift. Why, no. I ain't trying to humiliate you, Sheriff. You're on break already? Or is this your lunch? My guess is there's probably not enough work for a full-time officer, Rex. I'd bet the city of Yankton would love to know this. Maybe I should get on the agenda for the next public meeting. The grin on Rex's face drops like a loose rock from a tall hill fires up his patrol car and puts it in gear. You're right, Sheriff. I'd better get out on the road. I have work to do. Have a wonderful day, sir. I laugh as I watch him drive off. I start my own patrol car and make my way to the Sheriff's office. I pass beautiful horse pastures, meadows, lakes, and ponds. The morning sun rises on an alfalfa field that stretches out to the timberline and the horizon. Entering town, I stop for a gaggle of teenagers who walk past a patrol car in a crosswalk in silence, each wearing their own set of earbuds and staring down at their phones probably texting each other. I pull the patrol car into Fatty's Gas and Grocery, and maneuver between a row of fuel pumps. The groceries at Fatty's are nothing more than cigarettes, beer, and dried-up pieces of fried chicken basking under a heat lamp for days. A skinny kid with a mouthful of broken and missing teeth appears at my window and takes my credit card. Fill her up. Premium. About a half a pound of surgical steel posts, rings, and rivets pierce his lips, eyebrows, nose, and forehead. The tattoo of a rattlesnake crawls up his neck and onto his cheekbone. He wears an oil-stained Carhartt jacket. On his camouflage trucker-style ball cap is an embroidered NRA logo. He wears it turned backwards on his shaved head. I come here each morning to fill the patrol car, and I'm always entertained by the colorful parade of characters. Many of them I recognize as frequent guests in our county jail. I watch a man in a wheelchair roll towards the front door of the convenience store, wearing a filthy stocking cap and an old green army jacket. His gray beard covers most of his chest. He yells something inaudible at a man in a wrinkled, cheap suit, revealing a mouthful of cracked yellow and black teeth like an old, dried ear of Halloween corn. The wrinkled, cheap suit guy appears to be half asleep and doesn't see the wheelchair man behind him. He allows the thick plate glass door to slam in wheelchair man's face, trapping him and his wheelchair, causing him to yell and bang his fist fervently on the glass. People waiting in line look over, but nobody bothers to help. Eventually, two high school girls set down their cartons of chocolate milk and candy bars and rush over to pry him out. Once he's free, he enters the store. Wheelchair man makes a beeline to Wrinkled Cheap Suit and yells at him, waving his fists in the air. Wrinkled Cheap Suit guy doesn't notice him at all. He's too busy selecting from an array of flavored powdered coffee creamers. Now, over-the-top, seething mad wheelchair man backs up into an NFL promotional display of six-packs and beer and chips, knocking them down all over the middle of the store. My gaze moves to an emaciated-looking woman standing outside the door. She wears purple spandex yoga pants covering her stick-thin legs. An oversized varsity-style leather jacket falls past her knees. Dirty pink bedroom slippers covers her feet. She takes long, hard pulls from a cigarette, pressed between thin, cracked lips. Several inches of black are showing from the roots of her bleach-blonde hair. Her weathered face looks like a broken-in catcher's mitt. As customers file past her into the store, she hits them up for money. Her story keeps changing from needing gas money to get to work, to needing lunch money for her child, to needing change to call her dying mother in Coos Bay, Oregon.
1: Sheriff, come back. Sheriff, copy. Sheriff... We're getting a lot of folks calling in on that elk boy sighting.
0: Oh, hey, Mac, call me on my cell phone. The last thing we need are all these busy-bodied conspiracy theorists in this community who have nothing better to do than sit around and listen to the police scanner all day ramping up the rumor mill. Thanks, Big Mac. Try, try to remember not to say anything over the scanner about this elk boy thing. We don't want things getting out of hand.
1: Might be too late for that, Sheriff. We've been getting calls all morning asking if the elk boy is dangerous, does it have rabies, is it a Muslim extremists, and other stuff like that. That Chronicle story by Daryl Swine seemed to push everything in the wrong direction.
0: So he went ahead and wrote it.
1: Yeah. Sorry, Sheriff. Maybe you should call him and weigh in. You know, give your side of the story.
0: No, it's actually better not even going there. He'll spin anything I say out of proportion.
1: We're also getting calls from members of the sheriff's posse asking about putting together a search party to capture the elk
0: boy. Yeah, that's all we need. A bunch of armed idiots traipsing through the woods... All hyped up to kill anything that looks suspicious. Look, when anyone calls in about this, you tell them there's no evidence. Got it? Roger that, Sheriff. We need to quash this thing right now.
1: Harley Houston has been talking about Elk Boy all morning on the radio, Sheriff. He says Satan visited Fergus, and now Fergus must accept the challenge to fight for the good of all Christian souls of this county. He says you're trying to squash this because you're part of Satan's plan. Ida June called in and reported that Fergus is still in his basement, stark naked, with a rifle between his legs since yesterday. He's been speaking in tongues, apparently, too. She's afraid he'll do something stupid and wants us to remove him and take him in for a mental evaluation.
0: Is that the extent of the damage, Mac?
1: So far, Sheriff.
0: Daryl Swine inherited the Chinook County Chronicle from his father. Revenues were slowing, so he redesigned the local newspaper to look like a tabloid, filling it with rumors and gossip. Alright, we need to go get Fergus, but the problem is he's got more ammo and automatic weapons at his mansion than a Marine Corps camp. We'll need every deputy. Get Deputy Reigns and Deputy Lee to meet me at Fergus's home. Pronto.
1: Sorry, Sheriff. Deputy Lee is taking another personal day
0: off. He's supposed to be on duty. Where the hell did he go? He's already took two personal days off this month. What the hell is he doing out there with all this personal time?
1: Deputy Rain says he's attending gatherings with the European Sons of Thor in Trout Lake, Idaho.
0: Call him now, Mac, and get his ass back here. He needs to report to me at once.
1: Hey Sheriff. What what are the European Sons of
0: Thor? It's a white supremacist organization disguised as a European culture club.
1: Should I call OSP and get a trooper out here for backup, Sheriff?
0: That's a great idea, Mac. Remember, Fergus has an unlimited arsenal of weapons and ammo.
1: Roger that, Sheriff.
0: Elk Boy is a Writer's Podcast Lab production. Written and voiced by Randy Sanders. Produced by Purple Crow Productions. All music written and recorded by Randy Sanders. For additional music, please see our Facebook page, Writer's Podcast Lab. And remember to like us on Facebook to stay up to date with all information on new episodes Elk Boy Merchandise and new series premieres. If you like this series and want to hear more, consider a simple contribution of $5. Contact elkboy at yahoo.com. Every contribution helps make this costly podcast a reality. Thank you.